What is happening guys? My name is Chris. I'm Paul. And welcome back to another episode, a weekly episode of That Tattoo Show on YouTube, Spotify and all other streaming platforms that are out there. Well, we think we've got a pretty good episode for you this week, guys. We've got uh, we've got a little bit of news, we think. We've got a couple of comments and then we're going to pick up uh, on a comment that was actually on our Instagram because we do have an Instagram. In case you don't follow us on Instagram, it's down there. And they should follow us on Instagram, really, because we do post... Uh, competitions on Instagram where you can win tattoo machines. We don't actually put them anywhere else. So if you're interested in, you know, we try and run a competition at least once every other month for some of the, um, you know, some free gear. So uh, head over to Instagram and follow us there. Uh, and we get, you know, we get comments there as well. And so this week's com conversation will be sort of answering uh, a comment that came up there a couple of weeks ago, a week ago, something like a week ago. Yo, bro. What's in the news? I haven't got any. Fuck all. <laughs> <laughs> One comment that stuck out to me, and I'm just going to read it out. It is Roger Price, uh, 4109. He's a fellow Welshman living up in England somewhere. Nice. Uh, he, he, you have told me, but I've had a mind it's fact. A, it isn't up in England, though, is it? Or down in England? It's just across in England. Because you, you just have to go... It's to the, it's a, you just got to turn left. Turn left at yeah, Wales and you get, you'll be there. in England. Yeah. You know, turn, oh, no, turn, turn yeah. right at Wales. Turn left at right, Wales. Turn right there. Depends. If you're yeah. going down... If you, if you turn yeah, left yeah. at Wales, you're yeah. going to see. You know... <laughs> Yeah, so this yeah, so this one is off the back of the last video where we were touching on the topic of aseptic technique and that tattooing is not a sterile procedure and so on. And he wrote down a hundred percent it is never sterile. Thirteen years in the NHS has taught me that our industry is at best only clinically clean. Now for those of you who don't know, the NHS is the National Health Service. In, in Wales, in some countries we have to pay for It's you know, in England as well. It's in all of the United Kingdom. Did I say Wales? <laughs> yeah, you did, yeah. <laughs> but do you know what's really fucking, yeah, do you know what's really fucking mad though? Like the NHS in Wales and the NHS in England is so different. So like say, for example, if I want to get, uh, if I'm in England and I want to get an ADHD diagnosis, right, I have the right to choose and I can go private and have like meds for the NHS. Can't do it in Wales. Fucking annoying. So yeah. yeah, that was that one. Uh, the other one was Tazion. Yeah, Tazio with a capital N at the end. It says, oddly, I started watching this thinking Chris would have been one all over respecting the history. Now that was again off, you know, it, do you need to know tattoo history to be a good tattooist? And I feel like maybe people were misunderstanding what I'm saying. Like it is good to know your tattoo history if you're interested in it. What I'm saying is you don't have to. It's not necessary to know your history to be a good tattooist. And I just want to point out a really good example of that. And that's one of my colleagues that works in the shop with me. He's been tattooing for, I don't know, since the black and white teddies were, were invented. He's fucking old. He's probably about as old as Paul, like, do you mean? He's been tattooing Almost. for years. But, like, this guy, he came into tattooing from a completely different industry. He'd done a proper old-school apprentice. You know, they're all bikers and stuff like that. He is not somebody that has all the knowledge about the history of tattooing, but he has learned all the fundamentals of tattooing from the people that taught him. And as he's gone over the years, he's gotten better and better and better. He knows what works, what doesn't work. 
And he is a really, really good tattooist. Now, you're looking at the kind of artist that has travelled all over Europe, travelled across America tattooing. He's won awards at, you know, the old school London tattoo convention, Krakow, uh, what's the one up in Scotland? Edinburgh. Yeah, Edinburgh. You know, he's, he, he's, he's done it all. So he, he is classed as a really good tattooist amongst his circle of friends, and especially at the height of his career. He's kind of like chilling out a bit now. He's, he's not doing conventions, but he's a really, really good tattooist. And that's the point that I'm getting at is he doesn't know or he's not really into the history of tattooing because he does it every day as his job. And because he doesn't know about the history, it, it doesn't matter. He's still a good tattooist. You know, if he wants to take an interest in it, that's, that's down to him. It's like, I, I, I bet you you could have a mechanic, right, that just learns to be a mechanic and could be a really good mechanic, but doesn't know the history of cars. Do you know what I mean? I think yeah, obviously yeah, I if, you've, if, you've, if you've got that interest in it, it's good for you. You can, you know, it's interesting to know where things come from. Like I do have an interest in it and I do look into it, you know, from time to time, but it's what I'm getting at is it's not necessary. And that's the point I was trying to make. So yeah, there's that. Um, there was one more comment. Here's a fucking long one, right? <clears throat> so I'm not going to read it out. But it was uh, on the topic of pen machines and, you know, being safe and unsafe. And I feel like it's a conversation that is fairly, it's really kicking up some dust, you know, recently, and especially in the last year or so, where everyone suddenly, you know, after pen machines have been out for well over 10 years, and now we're going like, oh my God, they're not safe. Like, they, they've been safe for 10 years. Um and as much as I can turn around to you and say that as long as you are practicing the correct procedure of infection prevention and control, you're barriering your machines correctly, you are handling everything safely and correctly, the machines are safe, it's always going to be one opinion against another. So what I've done is I've contacted the three main manufacturers at the moment. So I've contacted Critical, FK Irons and Cheyenne who make, you know, I think they're the leaders when it comes to pen machines. Yeah. And I've asked them all the same question about the safety of the pen machine. So when they come back to me, we'll have a video and we'll be able to, you know, tell you about it on um, there. I personally don't think it's really about that. I think what we're, because it's a bit of a hot topic at the moment, isn't it? But um, I actually think it's people responding um, to not liking uh, the idea of a sealed tattoo machine and, you know, yeah, no user serviceable parts inside. I think it's born out of that and people going, why can't I open it? Why does it void the warranty? And saying, well, it's not safe if I can't open it to clean it. But like Chris was saying, pen machines have been around for 10 years. Um, sealed tattoo machines like the, the Cheyenne Hawk, which is just yeah. as sealed as a pen, um, you can clean the, the very end of the drive bar, but not, you can't get up into the cam or anything really unless yeah, you yeah. start like you know potentially voiding your warranty. So um, I think maybe what it is, it's not as much the, the, the fact that people can't clean them that is what, what's getting you know, up people's noses, is the fact that tattoo machine manufacturers now all seem to be going towards this uh, walled garden, sealed units, don't touch it. And maybe it's, that's just not part of the industry. Maybe that's not what we really want. And I think that it will be very interesting when the manufacturers come back to go, it'll be interesting to see what their answer to that is. Because like I said last week, if you don't like them, don't buy them. That's what I do. I just well, exactly. I buy machines that I can take apart. Like I, I'm not, well, you know, I don't, you know, I'm not a, I'm not an internet keyboard person really. I don't really do a lot do of commenting think, um, and all that sort of stuff. So it makes no difference, you know. 
Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. But but do you think, like, the, the only logical thing I can think of is, you know, like, say, for example, years ago, right, I had a stigma hyper V3, I think, or V2, I can't remember which one I had. And, like, machines are so precisely made these days to get them small and compact, especially with pen machines, that I took that machine apart and I was just not putting it back together. I fucking yeah. broke it. I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. I was young, I was dumb, and I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And I broke a machine at the, at the time that cost me about 350 quid. So do you think it, it is a case of machine companies are going, look, these machines are designed this way. The motors, we know the motor is going to work for X amount of time. And, you know, if you want to replace the motor, send it to us. If you're breaking your motors on your machines after a certain, after a short period, then I, I really think it's something that you're doing. Because, yeah. like, one of the guys that works with me, Reese, he's had his flux pretty much since the date they came out. And he's been using his every single day, and he hasn't had any issues with it. He's still using it now. So I'm kind of, like, waiting. Because I, I let him, like, I'm doing, I've had the 4.2, um, talk come through to do the comparison video so i wanted to get like other people's opinions so i, I gave him this 4.2 talk to try out and like within like half an hour he was like how much are these <laughs> so i i could have a chat with him i'm gonna be like okay so once you've finished with your flux and i think this is gonna be a really good test as well to see the safety of a machine it's gonna be like you know because i know how to take a, a flux apart so what i yeah, do yeah. is like if he will let me have it i am going to get it on my top-down camera and I'm going to take his machine apart and actually see what the inside is like after over two years' worth of use. Because like I've buried my machines correctly, cleaned them and so on, and when I've taken my flux apart, there's been no contact, there's been no dirt or no ink residue or dry ink on the actual internal of the machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. But yeah, that is I mean, me barring you know, it correctly. I'm, so I'm a lot more route one about that sort of stuff. If I don't like the sound of it, then I just buy a different machine that f that ticks the yeah. boxes I need it to tick. You know, it's just it is what it, it is. Everybody you know? wants everything, though, don't they? That, that I think that's the big thing. It's like people are rather going, "All right, well, that machine's there. It's really good, uh, but it doesn't meet my needs." Yeah. Um, and rather than going like that machine doesn't meet my needs, so I'm not going to buy that. I'm going to buy that one instead. They would rather sit there and go, "That doesn't meet my needs, and you should make it." to suit me. And it's like, no, they should make it how they want to make it. It's like, if I made a machine, I would make a machine how I would want to make it. And if you want to make a machine exactly how you want it to be made, fucking make your own. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, maybe it's a sign of the times that, you know, I kind of, I kind of look at it and go, no, that doesn't tick the boxes. I'm not buying that one. I'm going to buy a different one. And maybe, yeah. you know, uh, in the world that we now live in with unsocial media, because I don't think it's fair to call it social media now. I think it's unsocial oh, media. Just fucking um, full of self-entitled. Self well, I don't know if it's self-entitlement or, or people Some just go, that are. doesn't fit my needs. And I, I, I wonder why the first, the, the first kind of idea is that doesn't fit my needs. I'm going to go and complain about it on the internet. It's a bit like going, my bus was late, so I'm going to send a rude tweet. It's like... What's oh, the point? I just walked, walked to where you got to go. It's, it's like, do fix you your have, own problems, right? You know, I don't know. Do, do you know, so do you have, so like where I live, right, they have like these local community groups on Facebook. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So you'll have like Merthyr Tidville Matters, for example. Yeah, uh, yeah. And like, and, and that's what people are like on this. So say, for example, like, you know, there's been issues with the buses, especially since the whole COVID situation and, you know, bus drivers getting ill. And rather than people kicking off 
to the bus companies and phoning them up. They're like, right in. I'm, I'm so disgusted when which the way the fucking bus did. I'm like, who the fuck are you complaining to, Karen? What do you mean? Fuck off, like. Like, the, speaking to, like, you know, Dave on Facebook, who works in a butcher's, is not going to solve anything. Speak to the bus company. Do you mean? That's why, why I haven't got a Facebook account. I just don't get it. I don't get why... It's a Sunday and you want to go and get yourself a bottle of wine. So instead of just phoning Asda or driving around to it, other supermarkets are available, uh, and going and finding out if you can get a bottle of wine, somebody will just go onto Facebook and in, onto one of the groups that you're talking about and going, what time does Asda open in Bromsgrove? Oh, that does my head <laughs> in. Well, you just gone on the website. Yeah. Like, you could have just gone on the website and just figured it out for yourself. I, but... I, I honestly think it's cultural, you know, it's just where we are. I'm such a prick that I will literally just comment on it, Google's fucking website address. <laughs> but, you know, like, with, with those Facebook groups, all right, it's literally, it's like, it's the equivalent of somebody just walking around the streets, just shouting, going, I'm not happy that <laughs> the bus didn't arrive. Give me attention, please. Do you know, I think the other thing is that um, I think running your own business does this to you as well. So, like, when you run your own business, you you yeah. really do find out pretty quickly that any problems in, you know, financial problems, uh, you know, cash flow, stock issues, yeah. building issues, it, it basically all becomes your problem, right? So yeah. you get, you know, after, you know, I've been self-employed longer than I, I, I care to remember, but... So I'm at that point now where whenever there's a problem in my life, I just fix it for myself. You know, I just, yeah. you know, and I think that maybe that's not how some people are. They just go on the internet to ask somebody. I mean, I do do stuff like that. You know, I've been researching sound absorption uh, this this week for some stuff that I'm doing downstairs. The reason I'm back up in the office is uh, that we've got a reverb issue. I'm not going to go into it. It'll fill the rest of this episode. Uh, so I Do you know what, right? Too. He made me... Hang on, hang on, let me just say, let me just... He, he, he asked me to drive up to fucking Birmingham, right, on Sunday to film a special episode for you guys. And I, I, I fucking spent like two hours in the car. I drove up on, on my Sunday and we were going to do a Sunday episode. I got there and he's like, oh, my room's just far too reverby. You'll have to go home. Yeah, it wasn't that at all. He's, um, he's bullshitting <laughs> you. Uh, nah, because I up because some machines. <laughs> uh, he was dro- dropping off the mast machines. If you've won a mast machines, congratulations! They'll get posted out this week one. for you. Uh, they were in Bridge End, and Chris is not trustworthy enough, or with his shit together enough, uh, that you would get them at any time soon. You might be waiting for them to the end of the year, so we had to drive them to England so that I can post them out to you. And when I say I, I mean Karen. <laughs> because Paul is just as irresponsible as me. Yeah, but I what I do is I I. You know, I manage my life and I delegate these jobs around. So You pass it out to other people. Like So this week's topic is based off a comment that we had on our on our Instagram. And it didn't, I'm not going to say it triggered me, but it just kind of, when I read it, I just thought, uh, it, it goes down that title of like, you know what I say, that some people are quite self-entitled. And the comment reads, and I, if you are watching this, you know, don't take offence. Um, I'm not having a so go, just use me as an example. Chicken Tender Main Truth. That's their fucking name. Uh, they commented, I wish I could... And this was on the in the, the competition with the masked machines. They said, yep. I wish I could win a tattoo teacher uh, face plant. Established artists are so greedy and don't want to share any of their knowledge. 
And it's the bit where he says that we, you know, established artists are greedy and they're not willing to share their knowledge. And that's the bit that fucking gripped my shit. Because, like, it's not, it's like, it's not that they're greedy. It's like, you, you, you can't just go up to a stranger that's been tattooing for however many years and be like, I know, I, I don't, I know you don't know me, but can you just tell me all you, can you teach me? Tell me everything. Share your knowledge yeah. with me. It, it don't work like that. It's like when I, I don't know if it's the same for you, but like I started, when I first started learning to tattoo, I initially started off an apprenticeship. Then that went tits up because the guy had to close the shop down for various reasons. And for me, a lot of my learning was not messaging people and going, please teach me, please tell me all you know. I was like getting tattooed by people and I was just sitting, I was like watching them. And it's like part of the journey. It's like you learn by getting tattooed, by going to conventions, by speaking to people. Like the idea, I think, of like calling artists greedy for not sharing their knowledge is a bit like, you know, it's a well, bit twatty like. I mean, I mean, the first thing I'd question is, I don't think that keeping your knowledge to yourself is is greed. I think that's just no. keeping what you've learned to yourself for yourself. I don't think that's greedy. It's not, It's not. Um, as an established artist, it's not my job to feed every other art, artist around. You know, yeah. like, you know, I've, I've said this before about people stealing my artwork, you know, and then tattooing it, and then you, 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 know, you pull them up about it and go, look, that's my artwork, and they go... Yeah, but it's all right for you. Like, you know, you're doing fine. I've, I, you know, I'm struggling. I'm like, yeah, but this make it okay to steal artwork from me, right? You know, I yeah. still have to fucking draw it, right? Or, you know, put it together on the computer. So I don't think there's greed in that. Um, I no. don't think it's greedy for us to do it. It's also, quite honestly, um, that's not been my experience of established artists and their techniques. No. I, what I would say to you is when you find yourself doing the convention circuit that I did for 10 years um, and you meet artists, and I've met artists, you know, like legendary artists, you know, and lots of artists that were just coming up, you know, sort of same as myself. And everybody in that setting, you know, when you're all in it and wearing wristbands that say, you know, I'm a tattooer and I'm here, I've, I, you know, people are actually, you know, more than happy to share their, their nuggets of wisdom and information, and you know, I've, I don't, I don't but think that's how it works. Well. But you know, it's a bit like if you're standing, you know, well, you know, there's lots of conventions that do seminars, and the artists put these on. You know, we're we're doing one at the Isle of Wight later in the year, coincidentally. Um, but the in that setting. I, I don't think artists do protect their little tips and tricks. It's just that you have to establish that you're in the industry first. You have to at least get yourself, you know, over your the threshold. Door, you know, you've got to get your yeah. foot in the door. You know, like somebody said to me, you know, a long, long time ago, they, they, they said, look, Paul, nobody's going to give you a chair at the big boy table. You have to make your way there by yourself and pull a chair out for yourself. And it, this comes back to, you know, I said it a couple of times last week, it's your career it's your responsibility. You know, you have to be responsible for how you learn and what you do, you know. And, you know, there's been, you know, there's, for the longest time, there's been people sharing stuff via the various different kinds of media about how to tattoo. I mean, how to, learning to tattoo and learning the techniques of tattooing, the, the earliest I can find was people sharing or selling VHS tapes, right? 
So this goes back to the days of videotape, which a lot of you will not even have seen a videotape, right? You know what I mean? So, and, you know, in, yeah, you interestingly, could get like the, the, the Joshua Carton stuff, like, you know, so, so f- like for me, I think where I get a little bit, not shirty, but a little bit annoyed that the whole greed comment is, you know, you've got somebody that's looking at, like, say, for example, for me, I've been tattooed for 20 years and, you know, I might look like I'm doing well now. I've got a shop on yep. all this bollocks. We've got this YouTube channel. You know, I'm able to pay my bills. But like what they don't realise is the struggle to get to this point. You know, they, they don't see that, that, you know, I was working in a street shop and I was doing walk-ins and I was earning fuck all money. They don't see that I was, you know, I almost lost everything at one point. I almost lost my house, the lot, because I wasn't making enough money. But yeah. instead of whinging and asking people for like free handouts and like tell me tell me tell me tell me i made the conscious effort myself to go and have a look i found the joshua carlton stuff his books his dvds you know i got those i got speaking to artists at tattoo conventions and then um, and we, we got talking but i never so i've got a question based on that on- so you know, I've got, you know, you and I both bought Josh Colton's book. It was a really good book. I also bought at least two of the DVDs that he brought out. I bought Nico's DVD. Um, I bought Francis Viscovi's DVD. Both of those are available on YouTube now in, in case you were. They're on the Bishop uh, YouTube channel. Uh, both great DVDs. And, and I bought loads of those. Now, and they were all about, I can't remember what they were, but they were between 50 and 100 quid, right? Somewhere yeah, around which there, is right? fair enough. For is it greedy? Stuff. Is it greedy to no. charge for it? Should you put the DVDs out for free and, cop- and like no. copy them yourself at home and post them out to everybody who might be interested? Because I, I don't think that's greedy to go, look, I've, put, I've spent all this time filming this tutorial, I've put it all together, um, give us 50 quid, I'll send it to you. Okay? Yeah. Like, Wait, do you know, a, a, a good example, right, is obviously we were, I, I messaged Paul the other day, we hit the 9,000 subscriber threshold the other day, so fucking yes, get in. And, Get and in. What I, yes. Thank you to every one of you 9,010 shiny bastards out there. Yeah, exactly. I, I, and, and what I was saying to Paul is like, I'm genuinely proud that we've reached 9,000 follow, uh, 9,000 subscribers because it's, it is a graft to get to this point with our channel, it's fucking hard work. Don't forget to uh, like and subscribe yeah. while we're talking about this stuff. You know, we, it's, we're, we're not just sitting down once a week, chatting shit, and, and, then, and then sticking it together. It's like, you know, financially, it's probably cost us well over £25,000 to put this show together, you know, to put this entire channel together. You know, the, all the trial and error, all the work, it's, it's, it's genuinely been a fucking graft. And through all of that, one thing we haven't done is turn around and ask other YouTubers that are fucking higher up than us for fucking free handouts. What we've done is we've fucking knuckled down. We've watched videos on how to do lighting, how to do sound. We've spent fucking hundreds on different microphones to end up with a microphone that costs 98 quid off fucking Amazon to record the, the thing. It's like... We, yeah. We've put that work in. I, I think that that ethos is what an artist or an, a, a, an aspiring artist needs to kind of put the tattoo in. They I think you've just got to be prepared. You've got to be prepared to put the work in first. Yeah. And 
Um, if you can't teach yourself the basics, you've got to find a way of learning the basics, whether that's from, you know, uh, VHS tapes, DVDs, Blu-rays, you know, uh, YouTube. YouTube, online and Is all that sort of stuff. Is it abundance on YouTube? Um, and, you know, then, then you have to, you know, the problem with teaching yourself like that, you have to go through a number of these sources and work out which of it is accurate, you know. So you have to, you know, if you're trying to, for instance, teach yourself how to do lines, you have to find five teachers. And if three of them all say the same thing and then two of them have got some random stuff, then you can usually discount that and go, okay, well, the, the, the majority of people say this yeah. is the basic, so I'm, I'm going to go with that. And you kind of have to stumble around a little bit first. Um, the other thing that I would say about that is... I don't know how you feel about this, but the fact that a lot of this stuff, like, you know, I'm, you know, tattooing and, you know, this channel and all that sort of stuff, because this is something that has not come to us easily, um, it's been a battle. It's, you know, every step of the you're way. Protect, you're more protective over it, aren't you? Well, I think you're more protective, but also it feels like more of an achievement. You know, when, oh, fuck you, know yeah. when you finally get to the point where you sit back one afternoon and you've just done the first really clean pro-looking tattoo that you've ever done, if if you just kind of stood on the shoulders of giants until you got there, it doesn't feel... It's a bit like winning a video game by learning the cheat codes, right? Or actually just playing your way through it and grinding it out, you know? And, I, and I'm not going to say it's character building, but I do think there's something in that process of having to strive and strive and struggle. You know, I can relate this to learning to play the guitar, right? Like, I'm not one of these people that just picked up a guitar and was instantly good at it. I had to practice, right? It's it's not something that came naturally to me. I'm left-handed playing a right-handed guitar, all that sort of stuff. I didn't know this because I started so young. And, but when I finally got to the point that I could play something that was really hard to play, and, you know, I know music theory and everything, because I've had to work on it, it feels like an achievement. It feels like something real. Whereas if, you know, I've got friends who are much more naturally gifted uh, guitar players, they don't really appreciate the, the talent that they've got and they squander it, you know. And I'm like, well, you know, it, that's crazy. you know. And I, and I do think there's something character building or character moulding in that that is useful for you yeah. as a creative person and as a tattooist. You well, yeah, I think you appreciate it, but also because you protect it, um, I think that the, the the whole idea of this is mine, when you run into a problem, if you've worked this out for yourself, you get really good at problem solving. Like, I can't yeah. figure out how to do this. So instead of just waiting for somebody to come along and go, oh, you're doing it wrong, this is how you do it, you, you know, I will spend hours, like, trying to find out the information that I need, right? And so... I. You know, it's it's kind of my natural thing, right? I've got, and I'm not going to go into it, I've got a very specific audio problem in my studio. What you looked at last week is a test shot for some stuff that we're going to be filming later in the year. There is a, the film, as you can see from the picture, the picture's absolutely fine, but there is a very specific audio problem, um, which is uh, a unique problem in that it's film and not, audio really it's got a it's it's something that you could solve really easy if you didn't have to look at it right if you could yeah. do it without the video components it would be a really easy solution and i've spent since we filmed that episode i've spent the entire week researching um all kinds of like film set design i've been looking at recording studio design live room design film set design i've spoke to a couple of people that i know that work in film and had to ask them about microphones that they use in film, how do they do it? Do they boom over? Have they got lav mics on? 
How are they capturing audio? If you're filming in a cathedral, how are you controlling the reverb in this cathedral, you know, to try and get ideas? Um, I'm not looking for somebody to just tell me how to do it. I'm like, give me some advice on how you would approach this. Okay, ask someone else, ask someone else, watch a couple of tutorials, watch something else. Yeah. And I will solve the problem based on the knowledge that I've gathered, but then cherry-picked what I've learned. And I think that that's born out of learning to play the guitar, learning to be a musician, a sound engineer, graphic designer, tattooist, you know, I, I and you know, uh, I dare, I can't, I can't call myself a cinematographer or, or anything like that. You know, at the very best, I'm a YouTuber. I don't think I even count as a YouTuber yet. I'm about, Once about, eight, tanky, about 900 subscribers, <laughs> yeah. about 900 subscribers away from being a YouTuber. Yeah. But I do think, you know, I think it's fine to ask. I don't think it's, I, I think it's a bit much to say that everybody's greedy uh, if they don't, give you what you want to know. Um, and I think that you should, like, you know, I'm thinking specifically for the commenter here. Yeah. Um, I think you should be looking at the world slightly differently. It's like, if you want it, go and get hold of it and take grab hold of it with both hands and don't let go. Do go and get it well? for yourself. Do, do, do another thing as well. You can't, you, could, you can't fucking message random strangers and expect them to give you the, 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 the keys to them earning a living. It's just not something you can do. Like, we get asked advice all the time. I'm happy to give fellow artists advice, especially if they're polite about it. If you're yeah, rude, yeah. then I won't give you any advice. But, like, generally, I might, you know, interactions I have, everyone's polite, quite courteous, they ask questions, and I'm happy to kind of, like, have a chat with them. But that, at the same time, like, if you are just a random person asking a stranger to tell to give you the knowledge that they've gathered over 20 years or 30 years or 40 years or whatever like you've you you must be deluded to think that they're going to just turn around and go why of course strange person that i've never met in my life have some fucking like at least at least right if you've been if if they've got tattooed by you right they've contributed towards you do you mean they've gone they've sat down and that's why i said about getting tattooed by people that you like and you want to learn from if you're an artist and you're you're an apprentice, you know, get tattooed by people, sit there, watch what they're doing, and maybe once you've built up a bit of a rapport, you can be like, do you mind if I ask you, you know, why you do this a certain way? Maybe they'll be yeah. like, yeah, that's cool. You know, if you're just kind of going like, why are you doing that? Like I thought they may not. But it's all about building a relationship, building a rapport with people and 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 then building up that friendship and then maybe they will give you the knowledge they're not and they're not just going to give it to a random stranger and then don't get pissed off because you are a random stranger. It's yeah, I, th really. I mean, I think it's it's fair enough to ask somebody to see if they will help you um, because you never know. Uh, but I think that when when they don't respond to you or don't won't give you the information that you're after, I, I think that's you, you should be looking at it and going, well, to be fair, if I'd spent the last 15, 20 years of my life gathering this information, I might not just be giving it away f to for free to random people. Like I said, my experience is sitting at a dinner table with 20 or 30 tattooists, you know, talking about a job after a convention. I've never had anybody go, I'm not telling you. Yeah. You know, like, people are only too happy to help you. You know yourself, I get lots of, um, I get lots of questions about the brother printers all the time. I get lots of emails from people. And, you know, I, I try to be as helpful as I can, you know, people that are just struggling to get the thing dialed in, you know what I mean? Um, but, you know, if I couldn't answer their question, then somebody went, oh, he's just so greedy. I'd be like, 
Not really. I mean, you know, we've spent two and a half years trying to help people with their yeah. tattooing. You know, trying to, every week trying to help you. I don't think it's really greedy. And also, I don't think the industry is greedy like that. You know what I mean? I just, I, but you've got to remember that if you knew a little bit about your tattoo history, you would know that um, actually this is perfectly normal in our industry. We, we It was a very closed shop for a very, very long time where I think it's the same in any the industry, info. mate. Think about it. It's, can, you, can you imagine walking into a yeah, bricklayer? Yeah, I, I mean, I, th- I think any anything with an apprenticeship system. Email a brickie. Email a bricklayer and go like, teach me how to brick. Lay. Yeah. <laughs> teach me how to lay yeah. bricks. Like brick. Teach me how to brick. Yeah, teach me how to brick. <laughs> you know. They're going to say, give me money and I will teach you how to yeah. do it. You know. That, that information isn't like, free, you know. The... You've got to remember all the people that have learned that information, they've had to give stuff up to do that. You know, the 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 evening after evening and hour after hour of, like, practising yeah. and practising and practising and then discovering something that shortcuts that. You go, oh, wow, if, I, if I'd have just done that from the beginning, that would have been so much quicker. Now, that might have took you a year to learn that. You're not just going to hand it yeah. over to somebody that you don't know. No, fuck no. Do you know what's really fucking mad as well? Like, this is this is a really good example of it, and I, I'm not sure if it's maybe ignorance, right? But I honestly feel like our industry is probably the only industry where people expect us to fucking give everything away for nothing. But, like, one of the guys was smoking a cigarette outside. I don't I don't think that's true. Well, well no, check this one out. One of the guys was smoking a cigarette outside the shop the other day, and some fucking random bloke walked up, and he was like, oh, he's like, oh, hi, bit, blah, blah, blah. Um, he's like, oh, my uh, my son is doing an apprenticeship in the tattoo in the tattoo shop at the end of the road, and uh, would you mind if he came into your shop and and, and learned and done some learning with you? And, we, and he was just like, excuse me. He's like, oh, can you come in and and watch you guys and learn? And he was like, no. He's like, I don't. He's fucking doing an apprenticeship next door. We don't fucking know him. Yeah, yeah. You can't like you can't. Just expect a stranger to come in and sit with us and fucking learn to tattoo when they're in the shop two yeah. doors down I, and I we don't even know each other. I, I don't know you, what you wild. think about this, but I don't... I mean, I, I think where all of this is born out of, I think we're in, we're in a, uh, an era now where because we've got so much access to people, you know, that people just expect to... In, instead of going through those kind of routes, you know, because you've got to remember, if somebody's not 20... They, do, they don't come from a world that I come from. Like, my daughter, yeah. who's 22, was born in the 21st century. I was born in the 20th century, right? And her, so her experience of the world and, and what um, working and you know, dealing with other people around uh, is much more digital than my experience of this. Yeah. You know, I'm a much more analogue human being. You know, I prefer conversation. I prefer telephone calls. I prefer, you know, the, the most technical I get is email. I don't do DMs and shit like that, you know. So, and I, and I think that, you know, I'm thinking that, you know, people getting into tattooing are 18-ish, 18 to 20. I think culturally we're in a different world now where the access to, like, learn how to do everything, you just kind of go onto this very platform and just put in your question and there'll be 10 people teaching you how to do it. And because that's not represented in tattooing, that there isn't every famous tattooist in the world on here with a channel... You know, going, here are all my secrets. This is exactly how you do the tattoo, just like me. Uh, maybe people think that's weird, but, uh, you know, like a lot of industries, tattooing's always been a bit of a closed shop in that respect. You know, like, you know, you go back 50 years and you got, um, you know, you'd, you'd have much more trouble, you know. it's Everything was, you had to do an apprenticeship. That's the only way you were going to find out this information. We used to only sell to each other, you know, within a little tiny industry of people. 
And I think, and this is going to come up more and more, I guess, as, as you know, tattooing, now that tattooing's gone overgrained and it's gone Hollywood and all that sort of stuff, um, we're, we're going to find this a lot more, you know, that, that things are changing, that we, we will have things like, you know, entire generations of people coming in not knowing how to clean things, not knowing how to tune tattoo machines, not knowing Weird that it's not okay to... Tattooing. Or just not, not knowing that it's not okay to walk up to some random tattooist in the middle of the street and go, can you tell... I like your tattoos. Can you tell me how to do them exactly like you? And they go, no. Well, I, 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 don't, I don't want a cover band of my tattooing. You know, I don't want a tribute act. You know what I mean? Like, go and learn your own style and do that, you know. Um, maybe that... Is maybe that's all changing. I don't know. Maybe that's the the, the wrong attitude to have. Maybe we should be sharing because the other side of this is maybe we should be sharing everything with everybody because if we shared all of the information that the industry has to a new kid coming in, at least they won't fuck it up. But then is there's another argument. Like if we taught everybody online everything that you need to know, then. And they could do an entire course that taught them absolutely everything. At least they wouldn't have dirty tattoo machines and be reusing needles and not wearing gloves and stuff like that. So there is also an argument. No, no, of, I, 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 yeah, you know, I see that we, side of it. Are we not protecting the industry by allowing, you know, you know, people that should not really be teaching some of the people that, that teach tattooing on the uh, on YouTube? Certainly some of the stuff that I've seen, it's, you know, a lot of it is inaccurate and um, some of it is just straight up fucking wrong. Uh, and that worries me. So I do think there's an argument for, you know, because you know I'm, you know, I'm into the, the education side of things, you know, being, you know, Paul the teacher, Purple Andy Preacher and all that, you know, TM. <laughs> At this point, you know, should we have an education route into tattooing? I, I'm starting to hear a lot of people talking about this now where, it's got to this point, cat's out the bag. It's not a secret how you do it anymore. Maybe we should have proper educational institutions set up by the industry um, where, um, you know, some somebody like the commenter can go and go, I wish I could win a mentor. It's like, well, pay nine grand a year, which is about the average yeah, for tuition yeah. fees for a university, and you can learn from the best in the world how to do it. I mean, that's how a lot of kids learn music production and stuff these days. Well, you know? yeah, you, you go, you go, you go to university and study and, and there needs, there needs to be some, there needs to be something like that in place. Cause at the minute, a lot of the tattoo schools that are out there are so bad. Like I had somebody in the shop the other day and they, they, they were telling me that their, their partner has just done, uh, they've just gone to a tattoo school. They spent like three and a half thousand pound and done like a, a, either a 10 or 15 day course in tattooing. Um, and off the back of that, they were like, oh, yeah, they got a certificate. And I was just like, I hate to break it to you, man. But, like, the chances of that person getting a job in a tattoo shop are, like, slim to none. Like, you know, you know, you, you instantly when somebody comes into a shop and goes, I've been to a tattoo school and used my certificate and I've done it for, like, 15 days, can I have a job as a tattooist? They're going to be like, nah. You need to do you you need to you know learn properly. Um, let me see your work. Then they're gonna look at that person's work. That person's work's not gonna be that good. Maybe especially where they tattoo is not gonna be that good because they've been doing it for fifteen days. But and then the chances are they may not get an apprenticeship. And that's where the idea of a proper education would be better because if somebody came to me and said. I've got my national diploma in tattooing and I've spent like three years studying it 
I'm going to be like, all right, so that means you spent three years. In that three years, you've done all your IPC, all your blood-borne pathogen. You have understand you know, everything there is to know about the safety aspect of tattoo machines and, and everything. You've, you've, you've got a portfolio that you've been working on because I'm assuming that part of that three-year course would be studying art on top of studying tattooing. So you have a far better chance of getting a job in the industry. Even like we had somebody apply for a job here. They just sent a really good CV. It was outstanding. Uh, and they were like, oh, I've just finished my apprenticeship. Can I get a job? So I gave him a ring and I was just like, okay, so how long is your apprenticeship? And he's like, one year. I was like, how much shop experience have you got? One year. I'm like, you need more. It's like, basically, you've just done a year's apprenticeship and you want to go and work in a load of shops. Like, it's not going to happen unless no. you are exceptionally fucking good. You yeah. know, it's very rarely going to happen. But I think um, until we've until we've got something like that in place... You know, um, you know, just because I know you guys are teaching yourselves, and like what Chris has just touched on is that's kind of the truth of when you know if you if you're walking into a shop, and they say, well, you know, did you do an apprenticeship? And you go, no, I taught myself off YouTube. Like I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how many shops would just laugh you out the building and go, like, no, you'd you'd have to start an, as an apprentice. You know, because. That's kind of the industry. That's kind of how it is, you know. And um, can I just touch on something there? Like, yeah. the reason why they would turn around to you and say that you need to do an apprenticeship is not because they're being dicks. It's not because they're being snobs. It's not because they're being arrogant tattooists. The reason or why they're doing greedy. it is because... Or even greedy. The reason why they're doing it is because they don't know if the techniques and everything that you're doing are correct. And if you're going to work in somebody's shop permanently marking people then they need to well they need to know they need to be able to make sure that that you know what you're doing to the correct standard that they want in their studio yeah so like and that's probably one of the vary. reasons why you get turned away yeah you know like and, and, I, and like i wouldn't want like if somebody come to me and was like i've done a tattoo i've done a year's apprenticeship i just wouldn't want to have to kind of like teach them all over again because they they might have learned so many bad habits and, and wrong things. I'm just like, yeah, fuck that. That's why on this channel, we prefer to focus on teaching you all the stuff that you need to know once you finish your learning phase of tattooing and once you're in a shop um, or, you know, or a private studio, whatever you want to call it, and um, and focus on things like the how to market yourself, how to, you know, what is the difference between marketing and branding? What do, how do you, how do you get yourself a client list? How do you get yourself, you know, um, uh, onto the convention scene? You know, all of that sort of stuff, the practicalities of like, you know, because that can, it's our opinion that that can be taught by two blokes talking to cameras. Uh, personally, having learned and taught tattooing, uh, everything I've seen online I'm not sure that I could learn how to do it from that stuff that I'm looking at, right? You know, I'm not sure that it would give me enough information because it's, I'm not sure it's clear enough, you know, to do that. I'm not sure that you could do it. You could learn, you can learn techniques and you can learn tips and stuff like that, but I'm not sure that you can learn the fundamentals without somebody standing over, you know, really going, no, you're holding the machine wrong or that's the wrong angle or... I'm not sure that the fundamentals can be, can be learned that way. No, fuck no. Like, no, I, I, like, like... Yeah. Uh, 
Maybe. For, for, for me, like early on in my tattoo career, I started working in a shop in Cardiff. I went from a shop in Cardiff and I was working in, I used to work for Dayton O'Dale from Rotary Works. I used to work for his brother. And one thing that I learned there is like he offered me a job based on my limited portfolio that I had. And I, I you know this is like year one of my tattooing career, like my professional tattooing career, year one. Offered me a job. But like when I went to his studio, he, he sat me down and he's like, look, you've got a, you've learned, you know, he said, you've got potential. You've got a lot of bad habits that you've picked up. And what you need to understand is you, you're going to be learning everything all over again. Do you know what I mean? And and that and that that's where I'm getting that ethos from. Where he needs to make sure that while I'm in his studio, I'm tattooing to his standard, uh, and 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 again that that's all comes down to respect and everything. And I'm glad I did it because I learned a lot more doing that than than what I didn't done prior. Uh, to accuse people of being greedy is um is is a bit much. You know, if you put a lot of effort into learning how to do something, you've got really good at it. You know, it's not like you're just going to, you know, give that stuff away. It's um, it's to be expected that if you're going to hand that down, you know, if you're going to turn your, you know, a young Padawan into a Jedi, then there's it's going to be some sacrifice, you know. If you've had to sacrifice stuff for it, I, I, I mean, I don't think, I personally don't think it's, uh, it's greedy to do that. I think it's only to be accepted. I don't think... Um, I would. It would be interesting to come back and ask that person that in ten years' time, when they've taught themselves and learnt all of yeah. these things, and whether they're going to start just giving that information away for free. You know what I mean? They'd be maybe less likely to do it, right? You know. What yeah, I, mean? I, I think. I, I think one thing it shows as well. It's like I think with tattooing, you've got to be the kind of person that has that initiative to go out and 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 graft and find that information out. Because like, if you look at some of the tattoo groups that are online at the minute and some of the conversations that are on there, they are quite fucking, they are quite insane. You've got like people that are working in studios asking questions that you, me as an artist that has been doing it for as long as I've been doing it, I'm looking at it going like, you should know the answer to that question. And I'm like, yeah, this is the problem. You've got people that just rather than, finding out doing the research it's just easier for them to go and ask stupid fucking questions like stuff that like you should know within the first two years of learning to tattoo uh and that that's the way things are going and, and that's why people come up with that idea of like well no one's going to tell me you're all taking the piss out of me and it's like because it's a really simple fucking thing it's a it is it might not be simple <coughs> like to you saying earlier, because I think the, mean, the thing is learning it for yourself and um, taking responsibility for yourself and getting, you know, putting a lot of time in, putting a lot of practice in, putting a lot of research in, um, doing all of that will, uh, the result of that, not only will you be uh, a tattooist and, and understand your job, but also you will, it will um, give you a part of your personality that will be advantageous to you later in your career when things are not going well. You won't be so uh, yeah. whiny. Uh, and you'll just get on with it and fix your own problems and take responsibility for yourself, which I think, you know, is it is important. It doesn't matter where the world moves to or the culture, be it analog culture or digital culture. Ultimately, um, you're always going to be responsible for your own life and your own livelihood. And you've got to get used to that and going, well, if I want this, I'm going to go get it. And when I get it, I'm going to protect it and and. You know, and and I'm going to solve my own problems. I think we maybe we're just getting a little bit too far 
um, away from that version of the world. Or maybe I'm just too fucking analogue and that, that we should be just giving everybody everything that we know. And if we did give it all away, um, everybody would be doing, at least everybody would be cleaning their fucking tattoo machines and not and understanding yeah, the no, difference but, between aseptic the, technique and sterile <clears throat> shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, but so that, that's, see, this is, you know, like that's the kind of information that is fucking out there. And yeah, it's, it's available. I mean, it's all out there, yeah. And it, I mean, it, you know, it, I, I think, you know, it, it, you probably, you could probably get a, you know, just if you look on YouTube, you could probably get a, a pretty decent grasp of tattooing. If you had no knowledge at all, there's already that information out there, you know. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Let us know down in the comments what you think of this. Uh, should, you know, are all these established artists greedy for not sharing their work? Or is it only fair enough and you should have to work to get hold of something? There is a saying that goes, anything that was ever worth doing was worth working for, you know what I mean? Or anything, you know, it, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it, right? Yeah. You know, I, I guess. So maybe there's that. This has been some sort of conversation. I'm not sure what kind of conversation it was. I never really know until Jay's edited it, if I'm absolutely honest with you, because I do tend to drift off when I've got shit on my mind. Uh, and so <laughs> before, <laughs> I dr before I drift off again, uh, this has been That Tattoo Show. I've been Paul. And I've been Chris. Tell the lawyer, tell the judge, tell the priest. Uh, tell the commenter to go and get the information for himself and start taking responsibility for his own life. And with that, this has been That Tattoo <laughs> Show for the second time this week. Uh, and we'll see you next week. Take care, guys. Tati bye, motherfuckers. Mm.